The things that go the furthest to make a life worthwhile pass the least and does the most is just a simple smile. A smile that bubbles from your heart to help your fellow man and chase away the days of gloom and bring the sun again. It's full of good and kindness too and gentle kindness bent. A smile is worth a million dollars but doesn't cost a cent. Smile. Hi, I'm Jimmy Flynn, and you're listening to Birchwood Podcast. Really <laughs> called a wild rover, because no name ever in its four claps your hand to the alien ball. Here we go. And it's no name ever! Or the alien ball, Kate Renner's over there, two choice. <laughs> and it's no name never. Yeah. 
Here we go. It's Birchwood Podcast, episode 41. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing with a friend. Thanks for checking out the Facebook page. Thanks for emailing the show at birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for checking out Punchlines Comedy Club, punchlinescomedyclub.ca. And this week's guest had a stop in St. John, and he chose Punchlines Comedy Club as his uh, venue for his great Christmas musical comedy show that he did, and uh, this is a real treat for me, and how fitting for Christmas, Um, because, you know, it's just a happy thing. This guy is in his 60s, he's rolling on the road, he's uh, singing his songs, telling his jokes, and um, he has been for 50 years. How often do you get to talk to a performer who's been uh, doing their thing, for 50 years. I mean, that's that's really amazing, you know? I mean, I haven't been doing anything for 50 years yet. I've only been breathing oxygen for 43 years. And with any luck, I'll uh, breathe oxygen for another 43 years. But that's kind of a long shot where I smoked for 20 years. and Yeah, <laughs> I've ate a lot of cheeseburgers, you know? So, uh, anyway... What a treat it was to talk to this week's guest, Jimmy Flynn. Now, when I was a kid, I used to have to go on Sunday drives, and I used to have to sit between my parents in uh, my stepdad's red Ford pickup. And uh, my stepdad, he loves New Brunswick. I think he's, you know, one of the few. Maybe him and James Mullinger love New Brunswick. The rest of us are all like, what the frig are we doing in this place? Uh, but uh, but <laughs> James and Jimmy uh, love New Brunswick, and so did my stepdad. And he would take every back road, visit every town, drive up and down the coast, uh, all around New Brunswick, uh, the neighboring provinces in between uh, each town, stopping, looking at antiques, farms, cows, um, you name it, we did it when I was a kid, every Sunday. And you know, at the time, it was a real pain for me. I really didn't like it, you know? And the only thing that made those drives tolerable, well, there was a couple things. One was the Ghostbusters soundtrack. I ain't afraid of no ghost. I used to play that song over and over again until he almost threw it out the window. <laughs> And uh, Jimmy Flynn, uh, Jimmy Flynn cassette tapes, man. Uh, you know, the jokes were cheesy and silly and fun. And for a kid, you know, these jokes, there was something I could understand, you know, for the most part. Some of them, uh, you know, might have been a little bit uh, dirty for a kid, but for the most part, they were quite clean and... You could pick up a Jimmy Flynn cassette at any gas station in my province that I live in, in Canada, at the time. In New Brunswick, anywhere you went, at any gas station, you could get a Jimmy Flynn cassette or a joke book. Or um, Man, it's unbelievable. And it's so weird. I mean, sitting there as a kid, the only thing I had was those Jimmy Flynn jokes and songs. 
You know, because what could you do on a drive with your parents, you know? Just stare out the window. Just wish it was, wish you were home playing your Nintendo, you know? But uh, looking out the window, listening to Jimmy Flynn jokes and songs, it was a special time for me in my childhood, you know? And to have a comedy club and get to work with a legend, a comedy legend is, and a childhood hero is just a treat. You know, like, ha, we, we sat together, we had a meal and we had a conversation and, uh, yeah, he let me record it and I chopped it up. I sprinkled some Jimmy Flynn jokes and Jimmy Flynn music in there. And um, mostly I just want to impress Jimmy. You know, I hope this I hope this episode makes Jim happy, you know. And uh, boys, that guy, he really is a happy soul. He uh, is, is always just every, you know, even during conversation, he'll be telling one-liners and smiling and making faces and uh, just a true gentleman. He even paid for the meal. Even after I... I insisted I wanted to pay, but he, he wouldn't hear it. Um, yeah, Jimmy Flynn was a real uh, legend in the maritime, the eastern part of Canada, you know, and throughout Canada, and now uh, people in Texas are crazy about him, and in Florida. Uh, it's crazy, the reach that this guy has. And now, if you have no idea who I'm talking about, uh... Then you got a picture of a guy who wears uh, like a plaid shirt, suspenders, uh, and wears a yellow fisherman's hat. And his bottom, he smiles so hard that his bottom lip sometimes will come right up over his top lip. And a great musician and likes to sing uh, old uh, Irish tunes and drinking tunes and party tunes. He originally started in a rock band called the Morticians, and then he had uh, met up with uh, gentle, another gentleman, had a musical comedy duo called uh, Finnegan, and they toured for 10 years and were quite successful, and then he became a solo act, and the living legend Jimmy Flynn was born. Man, I used to see him on TV when I was a kid. Uh, he was the spokesperson for Pizza Delight. He used to say, it's some good. And it used to make me want that pizza. I don't know, man. It's like, I cannot believe that I got to sit with him for an hour and, and eat food. You know, it was unbelievable. And then to see him perform and get everyone stomping and clapping. It was just a real, it was just a real good time. And uh, his, see, he predates stand-up comedy. That's what was so fascinating about it for me. There were no comedy clubs back 50 years ago. Especially in Canada. Especially in Eastern Canada. So he would play legions and curling rinks and... You know, any anywhere. Anywhere people would gather, he would do a comedy show. That takes some balls, Jack. <laughs> I've done some of those weird gigs and people's... 
basement private parties, you know, barns, you know, weird shed parties, like, it's hard to do stand-up in those situations that aren't made for it, you know, but that's, that's how he came up, that's how, that's what he's used to. So, uh, more on that later, uh, what can I tell you? Oh, yeah, I got a story, okay, here it is, I got a drink of water, man, I'm drying up. That ever happened to you? All right, over to the kitchen sink here. All right, let me have a swig of water here. I wonder if you can hear me swallow. Hold on. All right, I hope it didn't make you thirsty. Anyway, so my car got hit. Okay, so I <laughs> I wasn't in the car. Everybody's okay. Okay, that's the important part, right? That's what everybody says. So, uh, uh, Punchlines has a letter sign, you know? So, I'm the guy who changes the letter sign. And uh, we have a musical guest coming up this weekend. By the way, if you're in St. John, New Brunswick, this weekend, Grammy-nominated country artist Chris Cummings will be performing on Saturday, uh, December 21st. That's tomorrow, if you're listening to this the day the podcast came out. Um, in St. John, New Brunswick, come down to Punchlines Comedy Club to see a great uh, country comedy Christmas show starring Chris Cummings. Anyway, so I got to put Chris Cummings on this sign. What do I do? I bring all the letters I need. Or I thought I did. I forgot the G's. So now I got Chris Cummins <laughs> on the sign. And I'm like mad at myself, you know. So I, I previously had dropped off Leashy at the dollar store to do some uh, Christmas shopping. And I... <laughs> I went over to pick her up, and uh, I was just like, she could tell I was upset, and I told her what had happened. I forgot my G's, and she was saying how ridiculous I was, and it was only, you know, a few minutes to drive home and back and, and fix it up, and, and I was like, yeah, you're right, and she kind of brought me around, you know, and cheered me up, so I, I'm just nicely cheered up, and we're walking out into the parking lot, and Lee, she goes, oh, somebody left a note in your windshield. And I was like, huh, that's weird. I don't remember parking on a 45-degree angle. And then uh, I noticed the damage on the car. <laughs> so the note said, license plate, dot, dot, da, hit your car. Uh, she was pulling out and moved your car. Just thought you should know. And anyway, so I was like, okay, well, he said she pulled out, so I know it's a female driving, license plate number, blah, 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 blah. And uh, if it wasn't for that good Samaritan, I would have no recourse. But I, I, I called the police and uh, got them involved. They tracked down the lady, brought her back to the scene of the crime. And uh, I guess she told the cops that she got some laser surgery or something. <laughs> if your eyes are too fucked up to drive, like... Maybe don't, you know? Now I got insurance and shit to fill out and all this, you know. Just a bunch of bullshit. So anyway, I didn't have my insurance card in the vehicle. And that's, I think, like a $1,200 fine. So I looked in the glove box. I looked in the console. I looked under the seats. I looked in the back seat. I looked in the trunk. I, I did everything but dust for fingerprints in my 04 Grand Am. Uh, and <laughs> I said that like I'm bragging. My 2000, my 15 year old granddad, 
actually is a, it's in good shape. It's in pretty good shape. It's got some low kilometers on it. I, I like it. Anyway, it's my favorite car that I ever had. And, and now this lady fucked it up. And now I can't produce my insurance to the police. Where the fuck is my insurance? I found my registration. Where the fuck is my insurance? Has this ever happened to you? Anyway. So I, I, <laughs> I, I'm freaking out. I put my wrists together and I, I point at the cop and I say, you might as well take me. I said, just do whatever you got to do. Write me the fine. I said, I, I'm fucked. I can't find it. He said, I'm not going to find you this close to Christmas. He says, I looked it up. I see that your car is registered. He said, I'm going to call you tomorrow night. Make sure you have your insurance. So I that I did. And anyway, I, I'm thinking about that lady. And I just, I'm getting like mad, you know. And she's sitting like two spaces away from us. And I didn't know this till after, but I guess Lee, she was giving her dirty looks. So anyway, you know, now I got to take it to three places to get estimates and uh, I'm dealing with the insurance. Those pieces of shit. Insurance agents are fucking animals. Like if you don't know, like dealing with insurance is like through the roof ridiculous. Like he's like, were you a fully licensed driver at the time of the accident? I'm like, did you have a driver's license at the time of the accident? I was like, can you get insurance without a driver's license? He's like, well, no, but you could have your license taken away from you or your license could expire. I'm like, oh, anything to get out of paying me, eh? No, I was a licensed driver. <laughs> you know, they're dicks. And he kind of chuckled. Like he was like, ah, kind of telling me, yeah, you're kind of right. Anyway, that's, that's all I've been through since I spoke to you last, so not too much has happened, it is Christmas almost, and uh, we're just doing it, yeah, I, I gotta go to Best Buy, I gotta buy some things, a few last things here on the go, and uh, then I gotta be baking cookies, so I'll make sure I'll put lots of pictures up on the Birchwood Podcast Facebook page, so thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this interview with comedy legend Jimmy Flynn. I'm sitting here with a, at a restaurant with Jimmy Flynn. How you doing, Jimmy? How are you, my buddy? <laughs> <laughs> so I got I got this. Uh, what you know? You must be familiar with podcasts these days. Yes, yeah, sir. Sure. So you know, it's uh, like the online radio type idea, right? Right. And uh, since I had a comedy club, I thought, well, why not interview the comedians that are coming through? That's a great idea, right? Yeah. And uh, the 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 uh, podcast is called Birchwood. Birchwood. Because uh, I lived in the Birchwood trailer park when I. Started it, so I called it Birchwood Podcast. I'm just going to knock you out because my farm's called Birchade Farm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're both big fans of the, Bir- yeah. the Birchwood. Birch tree. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Birch tree, that's there. Yes, sir. So I, how many years have you been doing comedy? God, I think ever since I was born, because when I was born, my parents saw me and burst out laughing. His <laughs> <laughs> neighbor said to him last week, Frank, when you're in the bedroom with your wife, for God's sake, close the curtains. The whole neighborhood was watching last night, and they had a great laugh. My brother said, yeah? Well, the laugh's on them. I wasn't even home last night. <laughs> well, I, I remember you saying you were doing, like, uh, legions, curling, rinks, arenas, all different uh, festivals. But there was never comedy clubs when you started. No, no. When we started back in the Finnegan days... We came here in the, back in the 70s, and we terrorized the Maritimes for 10 years, me and Peter Stoney. And St. John, we had, a, we had a, one, it's the first city we ever played in. 
when we came back from Vancouver or St. John, and we, we, uh, we had lots of fans here and had a wonderful time. But getting back to your question, I guess it developed over the years, but in school I was always a class clown, all the time fooling around. You know, my father had a great wit, you know, and he, his best line was, there's no sense figuring up a good story with the truth. <laughs> so we'd be driving to work and be an accident. Two people were killed, right? Yeah. By the time we got to work, a bus full of the people were killed. You know? Oh my God! Born body, legs, arm all over the place, right? And I said, Dad, that didn't happen. Oh jeez! <laughs> don't yeah, don't tell him. Don't yeah. tell him the secret. But he had a great wit, and he passed it on to me. Co comedy's, uh, you know, kind of like magic in that the, the you know. The magic trick is never revealed, but it's kind of the punchline, isn't it? Like, you know, it's timing. like what your dad was saying, you yeah. know, don't ruin a, a good line with the truth, yeah. right? Yeah. But it is timing. I mean, you know, my wife comes to see my show and she's seen me a thousand times. She'll laugh harder than anybody in the place every night. Yes, sir. After hearing the same joke a thousand times. Three old ladies sitting on a park bench, tied them up, they opened his coat, standing there stock naked. First old lady took a stroke. Second old lady took a stroke. The third one couldn't reach it. <laughs> My stupid brother was in the bar one night, and this girl sitting beside him. She's so beautiful, he's scared to even talk to her. So he stood up to finish his drink, and when he stood up, she sneezed, and a glass eye came flying out of her head. And he caught it, and he gave it back to her. She's putting the glass eye back to her head. She said, you're such a kind man. I had an accident when I was a child. And I buy you a drink. They have drinks, supper, boat dancing, 2 o'clock in the morning. Back to her place, had sex till the sun come up. My brother's getting his pants on in the morning. He said, ma'am, I've been up with a lot of women in my lifetime, but you treat every man you're out with for the first time like this? And she said, only the ones that catch my eye. <laughs> Yes. So it's the way you tell them, I guess, right? Wow. Hi. Thanks. Thank you very much. No meatloaf. Oh, that's it. Come on. <laughs> Throw the menu on the ground. Chicken noodle soup. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Can use a coffee or an ice water or a tea? I'll have a coffee. Yeah. Coffee, milk, or cream? Both. Both? I'll have a coffee and a water. Sure. Thank you so much. Please, yeah. Young man, I like that. Yeah, that's right. We gotta come here more often. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that back in those days was a. There was no comedy clubs. I've only played one, just the second comedy club I've ever played in my life. Really? In 50 years. Wow. I played Yuck Yucks in Niagara Falls once. Yeah. Years ago. And that was what Austin. did you think of the concept of a comedy club when you saw it? Because you, you just made comedy wherever people would gather, right? Yes. Uh, um, it's just strange in my world because, when, you know, like two months ago, I played in front of 10,000 people in outside of Ottawa, right? Yeah. And it was supposed to be a big surprise. I wasn't allowed to let anybody know I'm coming. There was April Wine and uh, Chilliwack and all these big rock bands, and they wanted to bring me in as a surprise. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was that a good idea? Well, <laughs> did I, they, the uh, people love it or what? Oh, they well, I got a standing ovation. Oh, wow. It was real nice, but I mean, I said, next time we do it, maybe we should tell people I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a bigger crowd, maybe. Do you know that your um, ability to make people laugh did you did you know over time or did you know right away that it was stronger than the average comedian or clown or you know
because you you mentioned that you got a standing ovation. I've seen you get a standing ovation. I've seen you get big thunderous applause. And I wonder if you realize that, or if that's something that you just never even considered or thought about. Thank you very much. I get fresh stuff. Great. Thank, thank you. you. I've never questioned it. What I do, I think if you if you try to analyze being funny, you're yeah, not funny. You take you take the fun out of it. And I think you're born funny, right? You know, it, it's in it's in your blood and. It's been definitely, you know, my comedy is, is developed over the years and over the years. I started off as a rock and roll singer in a rock and roll band. What? Yeah, in a band called the Morticians. The Morticians? People were dying to see us. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Young people, the young fellow hitchhiking the other day, he got in the car driving along. And he said, sir, you're an awful brave man. I said, what do you mean? He said, the picture stranger like me, for all you know, I could be a serial killer. I said, it's very unlikely, son. He said, what do you mean? I said, the chances of two serial killers being the same car at the same time. <laughs> Four stiffs on stage, you know. <laughs> I got more tensions. Oh, you're telling the truth. I'm telling the truth, yeah. Okay. So we played rock and roll bands, and then I uh, went out west, and I sang and played at parties for five years. I mean, like, you know, your place, his place. And then I saw this guy across the street one night, he came out an Irish fella. Sean McDonald was his name, and he got in the cab and he'd go with his guitar. So one night I followed him where he was going. And he was playing in a bar downtown. I said, well, geez, he can, play. he can do that. I could do it too, right? Thank you. There you go, gentlemen. So anyway, I got my hair cut back then and went looking for a job in this place called the Medieval Inn in Vancouver. So I went down at 10 o'clock in the morning for an interview. I sang a couple of songs and went home. And he didn't say nothing to people that listened to me. But my wife said to me on the way back to the house, she said, they don't hire you, they're crazy. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So your wife was always a fan. Oh, yeah. Well, the next morning, the phone rang. Bang. And it was, it was a wonderful place to play. And uh, then uh, uh, Peter Stoney, an Irish fellow, came in a year later, and he saw me and asked me to put the band together, Finnegan. And we did. And we played for 10 years together. And we had a good run. And, but then Peter got sick, and I went back to being a single again. So when you were a duo... Was this a musical comedy act? Yeah. And it was called what? Finnegan. It was just called Finnegan. Finnegan, yeah. And it was Jimmy Flynn and Peter... Stoney. Peter Stoney. But Peter was a multi-talented musician. See, I'm really happy for this opportunity because I, I like to get it on record, what the story was. Yes. Because there was nobody else doing comedy like that at that time, like early... In Canada, like especially on the East Coast, right. you're pretty well it. I mean, there's a few other acts, but it's not like it is today. Everyone's a comedian, right? Well, you you, you say that. At Thanksgiving, I went down to get a turkey at the grocery store, and I'm looking for a bigger turkey. And I said to the woman, "These turkeys get any bigger?" She said, "No, they're all dead." <laughs> <laughs> Alcohol's an awful thing sometimes. Just going through the bar, she had tank top on, one, two, here. <laughs> and that goes her arm, big, big, black, hairy armpit. <laughs> Who's gonna buy me a drink? Every head in the bar went down. The old drunk in the corner said, I'll buy the ballerina a drink. <laughs> we gives her a drink, after a while, up with Jeremy again, big, big, black, hairy armpit. Who's gonna buy me another drink? The old drunk in the corner said, I'll buy the ballerina a drink. This happened five or six times. I found the bartender went over to the old drunk and said, Why do you think that woman is a ballerina? And the old drum said, any woman that can lift her leg that high is going to be a ballerina. 
comes with a coleslaw too, isn't that? And you want it all at the same time? Sure. Yeah. I want the exact same thing. I think it's Times two. And I'll give you some crackers and stuff. Oh Holy crackers! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna be that good of a night, Jim. <laughs> Not crackers. <laughs> Not crackers, good. <laughs> so you're you're starting to say something. No, I was thinking about what you said to me earlier about the LBR in St. John. It was a big hockey arena. It was like Harbor Station before there was one. Yes. But it's still that. How many does that hold? A thousand. About a thousand, a th about a thousand people? On the ice surface, yeah. And how many nights you say you sold that out? Seven nights in a row. That's unheard of. Seven nights in a row you sold that out. We used to play at Keddie's Lounge over there. And we never played until nine o'clock at night. And be lined up at four o'clock in the afternoon. Unreal. At the pubs we played, we used to leave the stage and play the lineups because they weren't getting in. Holy, just as a, because I know you love your fans, and yeah, that yeah. that was just so, sort of a way to reach out to yeah, them and yeah, reach have out fun. To them, yeah, yeah. said hi to us, right? We couldn't get in, but, you know, they were nice enough to play a song for us, right? Near as I figure your closest thing to a criminal I ever met, because you're you're just having your cake and eating it, too, you know? Because you do have a great time. Anytime we talk, you know, it's always been joke, we're laughing and carrying on. Um... So do you feel like you're working at all? No. I'm down at Young Street, last Saturday night, 3 o'clock in the morning, minding my own business, eh? Up <laughs> <laughs> come the scantily dressed woman and says to me, excuse me, sir, how would you like to sleep with me for a hundred bucks? I said, not that tired, but use the money. <laughs> no. I've never had a job. I did. When I first went to Vancouver, I worked for Kaminko for five years, but then I walked away from that 45 years ago, and I, 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 I left society. I didn't, I, there's no unemployment, there's no... There's no, no dental, no... There's no place to fall, there's no... There's no, no RRSP, no, nothing. No, 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 just lots of laughs and having fun. Yeah, you so, did it, man. Yeah, it's been... It's been and, and besides my comedy career... My hunting and fishing career was quite a thing. I did 500 radio shows. I had my own television show. I got two uh, full-length videos in hunting and fishing. I fished all over the country. I owned camps in Labrador one time. Yes, sir. And, yeah, so... Isn't that amazing? I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I brought up my hunting and fishing. Well, have you seen my trophy room home? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. You know, I was driving by a shoe store. There's actually an independent shoe store in St. John. And... Uh, I looked out my window and I saw a five-point buck. I said, how many hunters would be so mad right now that that's not in their yard eating apples, right? Wow. It's out, out by the shoe store right on Chesley Drive there in St. John there. Yeah. yeah. It's funny about shoes. My son just came back from China and he bought a pair of shoes when he was over there. And it said in the box, made around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I think I told you before, Jim... Uh, when my parents and I would go on a Sunday drive, now they used to drag me, I used to hate it. One of the things I used to love was listening to your cassette tapes, because it was, it was fun, it was funny, it was musical. So for a kid, it was, it was great, right? Yeah. And uh, almost couldn't believe they were letting me listen to the comedy, right? Because yeah. even though your stuff isn't what's considered very uh, edgy or, you know, it's not like you swear a lot or anything, but it just seemed to me like, oh, geez, like that, that might have been about something adult that you I can laugh at. You right? how many stories I heard like that. Really, yeah. I was over PEI a couple months ago, and the same kids were at my show. They were eight, they were nine years old. 
yeah. driving with their parents on Sunday, same as you told me. Yeah. And that was 39 years ago. Now they're 39 years old. Yep. And they remembered that. I'm 43. Yep. But they've never seen me. No. And they came to the show and they just had a ball. That's why I, I almost dropped the phone. I was, I'm an electrician by trade. I'm on the top of a ladder and I see on my phone come up Jimmy Flynn. And I felt like I was dreaming. Because that, you know, when you're a kid, things are so big, larger than life, you know. And now I see you have a, a Christmas album uh, for kids. Yes. Yeah. What, what was the idea behind that? It says Christmas for the Kids with Jimmy Flynn. Yep. And all kinds of Christmas songs. Yep. And it says here that uh, there are two, four, six, eight, ten songs. It's got Rudolph in there, Jingle Bells, all kinds of great classics for Christmas. And are you, I know you have like at least ten albums, right? Like you have a lo- a large collection. Yeah. Yeah. Puts me in mind of kind of Stomp and Tom's how he had a lot of albums and stuff, right? But that it, Pizza Light hired me oh, twenty years ago to be their mascot. I remember your catchphrase was "It's right, some good." Yeah, it's some good. Yeah, it's some good. It's yeah. Some good. So they, they it was want, it's some good. That was some good. Yeah. But they wanted me to do a Christmas album. Okay. And this was on Monday. They wanted asked me to do a Christmas album. They wanted it by Friday. Wow, that's um, a tight schedule. A fellow called Nando in Moncton had a recording studio, and Dave McIsaac, a wonderful guitar, met, came up and worked with me. And if that's not the best Christmas album you've ever heard in your life, I'll eat it. <laughs> it's a wonderful, wonderful. You know, my, my grandchildren play it every day. Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. You know, it's just a wonderful. And not because it's me, it's because it has some wonderful people. He got choirs behind me, and it, you know, all yes, the sir. stuff. Yes, sir. Larger than life. Where do you hear it? And then some original stuff. Barry McLegan in Fredericton wrote some of the songs on that. Santa's Hooked on Country. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple other ones he did there. And, uh, Santa Claus's waterbed. That's they're, awesome. They're real, they're real good song. So it was a great thing to do back then. But it's just it's a it's a wonderful album and uh, it's a nice keepsake to lose my grandchildren. Right? Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's that's excellent. I can't wait to put it on at home. Yeah. Because we'll be trimming the tree and whatnot, right? So we'll see what it's all about. Get some rum. Get oh. some rum. Yeah, <laughs> rum, rum and eggnog. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's been about fifty years. You figure you've been on the road. Yeah. Yeah, about 50 years. And you also travel down the states. They love you in Texas. They love you in Florida. Yeah, we leave on the 28th of January. We do Florida, Texas, Arizona, California, and then we go back to Florida for each show. Smart. You do you do your... Uh, well, this is a snowbird extravaganza. That's right. But you're also warm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is a bonus, oh, right? Oh, yeah. I've been doing it for 10 years. Get me out of here, right? You know how to tour. You know how to tour properly. <laughs> I'm back in the spring. I'm yeah. in Alberta in, in January. Just a little good. Tell oh, some jokes. Imagine this. He's in the furniture business in Newfoundland. He went to Montreal, Canada last year to buy furniture to sell back in Newfoundland because he's in the furniture business. So I found this fine line of furniture. It's how to sell real good. So I went to a pub like this and sat down, celebrate. A French lady came over and sat beside him. My brother couldn't speak French. She couldn't speak English. And my brother took a napkin and a pencil and drew a picture of a glass of wine. Showed it to the French lady. She nodded her guest. They had wine together. After that, she took another napkin and drew a plate with food on it. Showed it to the French lady. She nodded her guest. They had dinner together. After that, she took another napkin and drew a picture of two people dancing. Showed it to the French lady. They danced till 2 o'clock in the morning. They went back to the table. 
the French lady took the pencil and a napkin and drew a picture of a four-poster bed and showed it to my brother. And to this day, my brother can't figure out that she knew that he was in the furniture business. You know who I really liked who I met was David Copperfield. Yes. Yeah. And it was strange because I was doing a show in Newfoundland and, you know, I mean, my, my comedy's all right, but I wouldn't go bragging about it. But David Copperfield came up to me and said, you know, you were very animated. I really enjoyed your show. And he shook my hand. He was really a gentleman. Wow. And it was weird because there was another situation where I'd seen him make the Statue of Liberty disappear on TV when I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, and then he's coming up to me, shaking my hand, saying, you know, I mean, it it just feels like sometimes life isn't real. Don't you agree? I've had people in my life, I come off the stage one time, just walked off the stage and I walked by this woman. She was sitting with an elderly lady and she smiled at me. And I said, my gosh, you got a nice smile. That's all I said. Right? Yeah. Next day I get a two-page letter, email, saying, yeah, you know, she enjoyed the show so much, blah, 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 the whole nine yards. And when I said to her, you got a nice smile, nobody ever told her that before. Wow. Because she never smiled much to smile about. She went on about taking care of her mother and her child was sick and on and on and on and on and on. She just, and she just said, now that I know I've got a nice smile, I'm going to use it a lot more, right? Uh, it's nice. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just nice. Just, you never think what, what two words mean to people. Like That's right. My, my friend Dale, uh, Julie's husband, he's... Uh, He's got a bunch of wise sayings for a young man, you know. Uh, he said, you know, we're always tearing each other down, but we never prop each other up. He said, it takes just as much energy to say something good as it does something bad, so why not say something good like he's always... And it's true, you know. So I, I do make it a point to say, geez, you know, that's that's nice thing. Oh, blister there, the big bug blister there. At the end of the night, he said, look at my hands. That's what happened to you. He said, that's some clapping. <laughs> That's awesome. Can you imagine beating your hands up like that, clapping? I couldn't imagine. His heart outpowered his body, I guess. He was right into her. Oh, my God. Funny crowd that night. Some nights you just get that click. You get the right amount of people in the room. Mm. Just, you know. The right combination. Oh, that's a wonderful night to share this. It's nice to see people that week. Last week, I was down in Shelburne. And I thought, oh, this man's not going to make it out of here alive. He's laughing at her, but his head's on the table all night long. Just come up with a breath of air and down and go again. That's awesome. What I find now that I'm getting older, time goes by so quick. You know, I met all the things that I did. I had a radio show going on. I was a television show going on. I was doing my tour and traveling all over the country, hunting, fishing. I was on a freight train, couldn't get off, right? But I'm busier now. I'm not doing all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just living. Yeah. You know, and I, my wife and I just celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. And uh, we're together all the time. 24-7. Travel with me. You know what I'm saying? We have... I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to be with her. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have wonderful suppers every night, and I give her a standing ovation. We have candlelit suppers, and all. She makes me 
She's a wonderful cook. She makes me all these wonderful suppers. And we have, we have a lot of fun. Yeah. She she cares for you. you oh, know? my God. Yeah. I got a, a woman that's the same way. Wonderful. Very lucky. Uh, my first wife left me, and and she left me the dog. And, you know, the dog was cheering me up because I was sad. I didn't want the marriage to end. Not because I was particularly fond of her, just because it had been what I'd known for 16 years, right? And, uh, you know, her mom was like my mom and all that. And, you, you know, you, you, there's a loss there when you get a divorce, right? So she gave me this dog. Well, she said, you take the dog with you. So I took the dog with me. And uh, it was a, a terrier, black with a beard, you know, a mix terrier. Terrier mixed with a pug. They call it a tug. And I had that thing under my arm all the time, and I was taking pictures with the dog, putting it on Facebook and stuff. And then this lady noticed, and she messaged me, and she said, I got a little dog too. Why don't we take our dogs for a walk together? And we're still walking our dogs together today, four years later. Right? Wow. And she's become the stepmother to my kids, and it's night and day. Like, the other one wouldn't piss on me to put me out if I was on fire, but this new one cooks me meals to take in my lunch, and... and uh, I'm not lying to you, we were on the beach one time, and she was sitting there, and she was fussing over me, you know, you know, straightening my shirt, dusting me off, or doing something, and, and uh, I started to cry, and uh, I said, I, no one ever cared for me before, I just realized it, you know, it was real, it was really special, you know, and when life can be that good, it, it's hard to understand why so many people are, are so uh, humorless. You know? You know what my wife says when I go a big fart? What? Good one. <laughs> <laughs> and you, that, know, you know you got the right lady when that happens. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's uh, it's such a thrill to get to talk to you, man. And just, you know, such a big fan for so many years. And and uh, what a what a strange thing to... Uh, but but I'm, I've always been very calm around celebrities. You know, there's a wrestler, uh, Bret Hart. Brett the Hitman Hart, right? Did he pass? I can't remember. Yes. Sadly, a few years ago he passed. But I, I sort of kind of kept running into him. Because I was a comedian. He was on the plane. I was on the plane. He lived in Calgary. I lived in Calgary. Whatever. Our, our paths crossed a lot. And he liked comedy. So he would show up to the comedy club sometimes. Anyway, I was sitting beside him on the plane. And I could only imagine. This is a good example of uh, how when you're a person of... Notar notable person in public eye, you know, some sort of celebrity. People chew your ear off all the time, right? And this is a good example. <laughs> How many friggin' stories have you listened to? But I, so I decided, I'm on this plane with Brett the Hitman Hart. I said, I'm not going to say a friggin' word to him. So I kept my word to myself. The whole flight never said one word to him, except for one thing. Right when he was, we were about to unbuckle and get off the plane. I looked over from my magazine and I said, you're that wrestler guy, aren't you? And he laughed. You wouldn't believe how much he laughed. Because it was just so subtle, eh? And, uh, and uh, so, yeah, I don't know why I told you that story, but I guess it, it had to do with being the... Uh, and why are you telling me that story? Because I'm going to tell you one right here in St. John. My father loved wrestling 35, 40 years ago in his life. And he had, you know, he had never killed a Carl Krupp. Was that the Grand Prix wrestling or yeah, it was the Atlantic fans. something? No, but the, there was a league or something. Yeah, there was one guy. You, know, you just watch the thing all the time. What was his name? Oh, Killer Carl Krupp. 
And he was a bad guy. He was a bad the guy. The bad guy wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm up in the Hilton. Yep. The top floor in the restaurants. I look over and there's him and a bunch of other guys, wrestlers there, right? And I knew he wouldn't give me an autograph. He just get away from the table type of guy, right? And I was going to go over and say to him, Hey, you doing? See ya. Come on over, Dale. I said... I was going to ask you for an autograph, but I realized you probably can't write your name. Have a seat, Dale. Yeah. I'm, I, we're, we're just wrapping up a little bite to eat here, and Jim gave me a little interview, and so it was good. And I was telling him about what you said, uh, some of your sayings, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, he's always, uh, well, we saw each other when we were, what, eight years old? Yeah. And he had a BMX, and I had a BMX. And I, I had a red one. He had a red one. Now my BMX was in the shed. But since this kid pulled up the end of my driveway, I said, "How in Christ did he get my bike?" I chased him up the street, but I couldn't. I couldn't figure out. And then I went in the garage. Lo and behold, there's my red bike. I said, "Jesus Christ! How can there be two red bikes in the world?" Not knowing our fathers both shop a Canadian tire, right? <laughs> so anyway, ever since then, he's been sort of uh, my spiritual guide, so to speak. So he says things like. Um, a woman can bring out the best in a man. A woman can bring out the worst in a man. Shit like that that you wouldn't expect a mechanic to say, right? Like, <laughs> so it's been uh, been a great joy. I have been friends for so many years. I mean, I'm I'm 43, so I mean, this guy is the guy I've known longer than anybody. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Strange, eh? Yeah. And it's funny because how many people I wonder have a friend like that when they're young yeah. and not later and then oh, not know absolutely. anyone from childhood. Yeah, exactly. A probably lot. probably a lot of people. More, probably more than uh, the other way around. Yeah. yeah. But getting back to the funny things, like when I was a boy, yeah. I never finished a meal. I always got kicked away at the table for laughing. Yeah. When I was in school, they kicked me out of the class for laughing. I just look around at people and they're making all these faces. And I, I couldn't help myself. I burst out laughing. Yeah. But a nun kept me in one time. Just yeah. me and her sitting there. And I burst out laughing again. <laughs> she said, James, in the name of God, tell me what you're laughing at so I can laugh with you. <laughs> <laughs> but libraries, I couldn't go to the library. Nope. I burst out laughing. And this, and me and this guy, my oldest living friend, since I was five, he's still alive. And he hates music. He's never played anything, listened to radio or anything in his life. He's just one of those different type of guys, right? We went down when they started playing with Finnegan. We played in Glace Bay. This is 40 years ago. And he came to the show. And that night, he was up on top of the table dancing. Yeah. And I said to Peter at that time, we got something going on here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You get that guy on top of the table, you don't know. Not a CD or something. Then I went up on stage, and he said, Fuck! <laughs> I was over there talking to you, but all of a sudden, boom! <laughs> he said, "I couldn't believe it. Holy Jesus, the energy!" Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when I speak to you in person, you're just as funny. You're telling jokes. You're laughing. You're, you know, you're happy. Yeah. You really are a happy soul, aren't you? I am a happy soul, and when you make people laugh for a living, it's probably the most blessed thing. Like George Canyon, you know, George Canyon, the singer. He ran yes. for politics. He was on tour with me in the States, and he ran for a member of parliament this year, and he didn't get in. Anyway, I got an email from him saying, Jimmy, did you ever think about running for the PC party in Newfoundland? He said, you've been, you know, 
music business or a businessman, blah, 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 blah. And I wrote him back. And I said, thank you for the kind thoughts. I said, but God gave me a gift to make people laugh. And I said, if I change that, he's going to be really pissed off at Jimmy Flynn. <laughs> Oh, the Chinese restaurant in Halifax yesterday. He said to the Chinese man, what's the special today? He said, chicken ding ding. <laughs> I said, what's chicken ding ding? He said, you take chicken, put it in microwave oven, wait 15 minutes, ding ding. <laughs> Take me home, that monkey go. Oh.